2: This is At Home Connecticut, hosted by Joey Burgoyne, highlighting events and happenings that are taking place in your home, Connecticut, on WTIC News Talk 1080.
0: Good morning and welcome to another episode of At Home in Connecticut. I'm your host, Joey Burgoyne, and joining me this morning is a man who I've just come to find out who's a fantastic person, and he is the president of... Mr. Don Scott, the president of the Canton Historical Society, which has the Canton Historical Museum, and this year's kind of a big one for the museum. It's their fiftieth anniversary. So, Don, thank you for joining me this morning. You know, I appreciate you coming on and give me a little bit of a history about the museum. You know, give me a, a museum museum tour, <laughs> if you will.
1: Okay. Well, thank you, Joy, for having me uh, having me on this morning. Um, Historical Museum um, or society was formed in uh, 1970 and by a group of uh, uh, citizens who were interested in preserving the history of the town. Many of them had lived in the town most of their lives. Um, The museum grew over a number of years. Um, It is housed in what was uh, originally the Collins Company, plow building, uh, which was a factory-type building that was used for finishing work on uh, metal plows, horse-drawn plows. And that operation went on until about 1923 when plows no longer uh, became um, useful. They were no longer needed. And they closed down that shop and they turned it the building into a um into a social center and the social center housed uh, a number of large social spaces for luncheons reading newspapers socializing Um, it also had uh, two kitchenettes in it for luncheons it also had a bowling alley uh uh, six-lane duck-pin bowling alley that was uh, housed in the upper floor. And on the lower uh, floor uh, in the basement, uh, a shooting gallery ran the length of the building, which is about 150 feet. So there was a variety of activities that went on in that that building uh, during that period of time. In 1966, the Collins Company closed down uh, primarily due to the uh, devastation of the 1955 flood. Uh, the company never really uh, recovered from that. And the, a group of townspeople got together and discussed the possibility of acquiring the building as a museum. It had already been kind of a pseudo-museum, uh, just one room and, and one uh, person's collection. Uh, and Over in uh, finally in 1970, uh, they were able to actually purchase the building, um, which uh, we still own today. And uh, the uh, group that originally started the building uh, was probably uh, 40 people strong, maybe more. They worked a number of years, um, and they were fortunate to have craftsmen. Uh, all kinds of tradesmen, uh, business people, uh, who were able to uh, support um, the growth of the museum. And over the years, uh, we have grown. Uh, We now occupy three floors, all three floors of the building. Uh, Each one of the floors has a theme to it, and each section, uh, each floor is sectioned off into an individual uh, display. So we have, uh, for example, um, we have a Collins room, which includes history of the Collins company, uh, what it was all about. Um, and also the, uh, we have a display of Collins tools, which uh, are very interesting and for tool collectors, <laughs> they're always interested in looking at those. Uh, we have a Victorian bedroom. We have a children's room. We have a general store. We have a barber shop. We have a uh, fire equipment display. We have a wedding salon, and we have a uh, sports memorabilia from local uh, athletic teams. On the uh, upper floor, we have a uh, display of um, our local production company, uh, which was in operation uh, from the uh, 1950s up through uh, the early 90s. And we have uh, kitchen utensils, uh, we have a lace display, uh, of which I know nothing about, but it, <laughs> it looks pretty neat. <laughs> and uh, uh, the uh, we have a library uh, where people can do research. Uh, we have a, a whole host of materials that, that people can use, and uh, certainly one of the, uh, if not the centerpiece of uh, our museum is our uh, diorama of Collinsville uh, around 1900, and this features a, uh, an HO train display um, put together by the Farmington Valley Model Railroad Society with whom we've had a, a symbiotic relationship for uh, since the late 70s. And they've just done a superb job um, in the last few years uh, putting together a, a real uh, accurate portrayal of what downtown Collinsville uh, looked like, uh, using photographs and 3D printers uh, to create buildings, uh, bridges. Um, and, uh, of course, that's a great attraction for kids. Uh, but adults, there's a lot of adult uh, railroad lovers, model railroad lovers, mm-hmm. uh, who also uh, uh, enjoy that. Um, now, one thing... You know- we- one thing
0: that it, oh, go ahead. the museum, you know, I just thought of this. Like you were talking about the, you know, the diorama and stuff like that, the history that's there. You know, if we could look ahead a little bit in the crystal ball, how has, you know, if there was a display, we're looking at, you know, display 30 years from now, about the year 2020. How has, you know, COVID and all this impacted the museum?
1: Well, uh, certainly it has had a, uh, a financial impact um as with many businesses and and uh, organizations and nonprofits um you know our revenues are down about 60% uh maybe a little more um from where we typically would be so we've we've had to uh you know uh complete grant applications uh, we have got a current one here that we hope will work um And uh, also we're doing a, uh, a, we've done a GoFundMe uh, account. And people can go to, if you uh, key into your browser, uh, GoFundMe uh, Canton Historical Museum. uh, They'll get to that website. Um, I think the um, other things that have been, um, have well obviously the the covid has has really impacted our our uh, our 50th anniversary plans uh, for which we had multiple events scheduled for the current year and all of which have um been canceled except our current uh, gallery of trees which is in operation and this will be our um uh, 12th year, 14th year uh, that we've run this and basically it involves uh, um, people within the town they may be individuals, they may be families, they may be businesses they may be organizations um, that um, donate decorated trees. Uh, We put them we do a teacup auction people come in and they can get tickets if they're interested um, and uh, submit them for trees, they might like uh, all of them. Uh, this event runs from uh, November. Well, we already started last Saturday, and it runs through December thirteenth. So, can people still sub, you know and, can
0: people still submit a tree, or can people donate a tree still? Or w- well, pe- people
1: could still do that. We do have a few latecomers uh, this year. Uh, we have so far this year 80, 87 trees. Uh, um, Last year was our high watermark at 102, um, but I'm very happy with the results so far um, because, uh, given the COVID uh, situation uh, and other things that people are are uh, involved with, um, that's that's a very good uh, very good number for us to get, and uh, people. Uh, um, when, when we, in late summer, we were trying to make a decision on whether we would hold the gallery of trees or not. And we considered whether or not we could keep it safe. Um, and, um, you know, d- were we going to have enough resources to be able to do it? Uh, the, th- the other thing, you know, it's become such a tradition uh, in town. Uh, um, it's always been a large draw. Uh, it's a major fundraiser for us. I think uh, uh, there's another event, the Christmas in Collinsville, which used to bring a lot of people through the museum uh, in a single night. Uh, we have had uh, over 1,600 people come through the museum. Wow, that's excellent. Uh, obviously, <laughs> yeah. Obviously, we can't do that this year. So when people come, if they want to go to the gallery of trees, um, you know, they should expect uh, they're going to get their temperature uh, taken. They're going to be asked health questions. They're going to be registered. So if uh, tracing is ever needed, um, we've gone through uh, 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 keeping the museum clean and disinfected uh, routinely and uh, so it's certainly a safe environment for people um they should know of course masks are going to be required as as is social distancing and people will um we people will need to understand they may have to wait to get into the museum uh we're keeping the capacity down to 25 so uh particularly on weekends uh, people might expect that they're they're going to have to wait but it's well worth the wait, and uh, we certainly, um, you know, look forward to to having a, a good turnout, as good a turnout as we can as we can get. Well, I appreciate you joining me again this morning.
0: Mr. Don Scott, President of the Canton Historical Society. You know, let's get some people out there. Look at those trees. Donate a little bit of time. Donate a little bit of money. There's nothing wrong with that. Keep the historical society going because history is a part of Connecticut we can't forget. Because remember, great things happen at home in Connecticut.
2: You've been listening to At Home in Connecticut, a public service project produced by WTIC News Talk 1080.